0: Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moak here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by David Noyce, Executive Associate Dean and Arthur F. Hahn Professor at UW-Madison's College of Engineering, as well as the Executive Director of the Traffic Operations and Safety Laboratory and the Wisconsin Driving Simulator Laboratory. David, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Great to be with you.
0: So first off, can you just provide a quick overview on the type of work being done at the laboratories you oversee? broadly speaking, for listeners who aren't familiar.
1: Yeah, so the, the Traffic Operations and Safety Laboratory at the University of Wisconsin and Madison, that we now call the TOPS Lab, is one that has a lot of different activities going on all around this frame of transportation. It's much more now than just simply safety and operations. Clearly, the, the world is going in this direction of automated vehicles and connected technologies. And we are you know, one of the leading universities in that area. So, so our research lab is spending a lot of time. We have a number of vehicles that, that are able to operate in an automated mode. And we're exploring that, that, that in great amounts of depth to try and figure out what the transportation system's going to look like sometime in the future when you know all of our vehicles are operating you know, under their own thought process and power. So hopefully we'll see that someday soon. But we're looking at all different types of other parts of the transportation system. You know, thinking along the technology line, we're also looking very heavily in the transition to electric vehicles. And not so much about the technology, although we do have colleagues here at the university that are looking at those issues as well, such as batteries. Um, what we're thinking about is you know some of the reasons that perhaps electric vehicles aren't catching on as quickly as what many have predicted. And the common term there is range anxiety, making sure that we have charging stations optimally placed and the transportation system can accommodate the different types of uh, electric vehicle needs that exist. As well as now, and you may know, Alex, very recently, um, some agreements were made with Tesla and General Motors and Ford and the automobile manufacturers to have a shared electric connection technology. So that'll overcome, you know, some of the the hardships people have had in finding places to recharge their vehicles when they're traveling. You mentioned the driving simulator lab, and we're doing very, very many, well, an awful lot of things in that particular area related to just how we think, you know, how the system works, how people who are behind the wheel, whether it's automated or still in the manual mode, how they think, how they react all the observed communication devices and so forth. So I'm, I'm happy to go into all these in greater detail, but as a, as a taking a breath here and a quick shot, that's that's the kind of things that we're looking
0: at. Absolutely, well, that's all very exciting stuff, David. And uh, I'd like to get into the autonomous vehicles in just a minute, but first I thought we could start with the EVs. As you mentioned, um, you know, there's lots of discussions about things like range anxiety. Of course, as you mentioned as well, some research going on into batteries. What else can you say about the work being done here in Wisconsin at UW Madison related to electric vehicles particularly with that transition and the more the more widespread adoption what what kind of update can you provide there
1: Yeah well you know generally most every major university including the University of Wisconsin Madison has some effort looking at you know the next technology related topics in the world of clean energy and batteries kind of fall under that the, the, that general frame. You know, so we have colleagues in, in various departments here in the College of Measuring are thinking about, you know, what is the next generation of the lithium ion battery, and what's going there from a you know a technology standpoint, you know, what will be the you know, the future and will it be lithium ion? And and uh, you probably know or you certainly can. You can, can find in the literature that, you know, lithium and the nickel and the other things that make up the batteries, you know, there's not an endless supply of these materials in the world. So as we continue to build more batteries and the fleet becomes more electric, you know, there's certainly some resource challenges with all of that. So so we we are really focused on, on the electric side, you know, what is the next battery technology and how are we going to get there? And then, for us specifically in the tops lab, you know, we're thinking about you know how to develop an optimal network of charging systems, you know, within you know right now the Wisconsin Department of Transportation is looking along the core freeway systems. But secondly, and perhaps more interestingly, what we're trying to do is also look at dynamic charging, and looking at ways that you know instead of needing to find the next charging station and plug and wait for. 30 minutes, however long it takes to charge your vehicle. We can set up dynamic systems, meaning that there's, there's stuff embedded into the roadway um, that allow the vehicle to charge as it rides or drives along the roadway system.
0: Very interesting. I hadn't heard about that, but uh, that seems like a promising, exciting application of technology indeed. And as many of our listeners likely know, as you know, there's going to be money coming to Wisconsin federal dollars, for electric vehicle charging and all kinds of um, things related to that. So it'll be really interesting in the coming years to see how that uh, money gets allocated, how that all plays out. And David, you mentioned before as well, talking about the autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles. That's an area uh, that I'm personally very interested in. I think it's a, a really exciting application of technology and hoping you can kind of share what the latest is with research in that in that area what uh what are folks at the top slab really focused on there
1: yeah what we're looking at is and let me take just a half a step back and say the the, the idea of a vehicle operating in an automated type form is really no longer new news i mean right. so we've now been able to to do that for some time you know beginning with at least from a market standpoint with tesla then moving in to, to some of the other manufacturers of these type of vehicles where the vehicle technology currently is in they've been defined in different levels um and then by by various uh federal agencies but we're at a point now to where and I'll generalize generalize this a bit by saying you know the vehicles that are in the automated mode can do most things that the driver would ask them to do hey can you get from Point A to point B, can you control and stay between the lines? You know, can you react to certain situations on the roadway? But there's still the the small percent of unique scenarios that the artificial intelligence in the vehicles have not been able to to define. In other words, unique things that exist on the roadway that you and I as human drivers can can react to in a relatively quick way that, that we have not been able to train the vehicles to do in the frames that were currently in. So what are we working on? It's really those things. You know, it's the, uh, if you think of the old, uh, you know, normal distribution, you know, the, the little details are in the tails on both sides, right? A, that, that, couple of percentages of, of little things that are hard to identify. So, so we were just talking, frankly, uh, before I um got on the line here with you today, Um, I was meeting with our research team about, you know, how did, how do unique geometries, how do unique intersections, look within, uh, you know, some percentage of automated vehicles in it, or someday with all automated vehicles in it. I mean, in, in the, the perfect scenario, if the whole world is automated from a vehicle standpoint, then most of the traffic control devices that we use, traffic signals, signs, markings, don't need them anymore, right? Because, uh you know, the human processing, the vehicles will use other information for making their decisions. So so we're thinking along the traffic control, we're thinking about the geometry, we're thinking about, you are coming up with the, the algorithms and the intelligence and so forth to help solve some of those those problems that still exist.
0: I see. That is is fascinating and appreciate the update on those ongoing efforts. And with all that in mind, I, I'd like to ask kind of a tricky question. How long do you think it takes before we kind of close that final gap to get to the point where autonomous vehicles can really handle 100% of the work and, and really go mainstream?
1: Yeah, that, that's, that, that's a question that if you ask a all my research colleagues are probably going to get a different answer from each one of them because none of us know. Right. right? And that, that's the bottom line. I know there was, you know, when when automated vehicles and notice I'm using the word automated and not autonomous. Hmm. And that's because of being fully autonomous is still arguably not achievable yet being automated. We could do a lot of things with that. Having said that, what we, we believe and what was originally planned was, you know, summers in 2030, 2035, that, you know, the fleet would start to transition. Um, is that realistic? Probably not. Probably further down the road. But, Alex, there's lots of different other things that are being proposed and thought about along the way. As a quick example, one of the challenges with this transition to a full fleet of all the vehicles or most of the vehicles being, being autonomous is, as if you've shopped for vehicles in that frame recently, they're expensive, right? And to expect, you know, everybody to be able to get into that market is not realistic. So the point to that is one of the things that is being explored now is kind of taking the automated intelligence out of the vehicle and putting it on the roadside. So so the technology is being, you know, think uh, like a line of, um, power poles going down the road, or each one of the power poles has intelligence on them that's communicating with the vehicles. And therefore, what you can do <clears throat> is get a relatively low cost onboard unit, you know, plug and play into your whatever vehicle you have. It doesn't have to be autonomous, but then we'll be able to communicate with the infrastructure and handle some of the communicative and automated things that are built into the, the roadway systems. So that has much more or much lower barrier to you know, to getting into that market and then transitioning the transportation system into more of an automated way. So though those are things that are being explored. If that happens, then maybe the timeline accelerates a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's just still an awful lot of unknowns.
0: Gotcha. That makes a, a lot of sense, David, and um, really appreciate you sharing your perspective on that outlook. And just wanted to say thanks again for joining me for the podcast. It's been a really interesting discussion and I uh, appreciate your time.
1: No problem. Anytime.
0: You've been listening to WIS Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and we're a proud sponsor of Wisp Politics and Wisp Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation, and almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents? That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.